bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobu. And now, today's word. I'm dedicating my message today just to teach a little bit on why we fast and pray. Why we fast and pray. And for those of you who follow me on Word to Go from tomorrow morning uh, to Friday to Wednesday, I will also be teaching on fasting, uh, on Word to Go. And on Tuesday, I will also do uh, a discussion on time with Pastor Otabel on fasting and prayer. So these are all to prepare us for 40 days of power, which starts on Thursday. So my message simply today is why we fast and pray. Why is it important for Christians to fast and to pray? And I will teach briefly on that uh, this morning. My foundational text is from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verses 1 to 3. And let's hear the reading of God's word. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply, and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Now on the surface of it this passage that doesn't seem to be talking about fasting But it is about fasting and the reason why I chose this passage to start my reflection on fasting is in the verse 3 where God says that he, I, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Now, those of you who know your Bible a little bit will remember that when Jesus was tempted after his 40 days of fasting and prayer, uh, this was the first response he gave when he was tempted to turn stones into bread, that man shall not live by bread alone. So Jesus was referencing uh, this passage in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. So this passage, although doesn't seem to speak directly about fasting, has a strong bearing on fasting and prayer. So why do we fast? First, from this passage, we learn that we fast to develop a hunger for God. To develop a hunger for God. When we fast, we turn away from food so that we can turn towards God. The physical hunger that we feel when we are fasting must create a spiritual hunger in us. A yearning, a desire, not for food, 
but for God, for his word, for his presence. So God says to Israel, the reason why I led you and made you hungry was to make you understand that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. When we fast, that is what we are saying. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So for 40 days, uh, beginning from the 25th of June, this is what you are saying, that I don't live by bread alone, I live by the word of God. That is the first reason why we fast, to develop a hunger for God. Second, we fast to show God what is in our hearts. You cannot say that God is more important to you than everything else and and not be able to show it. And you know that for us to, to live our lives as human beings, it is of necessity that every human being eats. Uh, most of us get up in the morning and the first thing we are thinking about is food. And then as we go through uh, the day, we're thinking about food. Uh, and when we're going to sleep, we're thinking about food because food is the fuel we need to live our lives. It's almost as if without it, we, we die. Now, when we fast, we are making a choice and we are telling God, you are important in our lives. You are our priority. You are first in our hearts. And that is why for these uh, days, whether it's one day, two days, in this case for 40 days, we are laying aside food just to show you where our heart is. That as essential as food is for our survival, you are the source of our life. So first, we fast to show our hunger for God. Secondly, our heart to the Lord. Third, we fast to learn to live by God's word. To learn to live by God's word. We stop depending on food for sustenance and we live by God's word. That is why in a time of fasting, uh, you don't just uh, abandon eating food. You have to feed on the word of God. And that's why each day we will give you guidance on word and the word of God. You must meditate on passages of the Bible you must read because you are changing your source of feeding from food to the word of God. If you fast and you don't spend time in prayer and in the word of God, uh, you don't complete the cycle of what God wants to achieve in your life. We learn to live by God's word and we also learn to yield to God's leading. When we fast, we yield to God's leading. Our spirits become more open to the Holy Spirit of God our spirits become more sensitive to the spirit of God and we become more aware of the spirit world because man is a spirit he has a soul and lives in a body however the most prominent part of our lives is our body because that's what we see that's what contacts the earth and over time we lose our spiritual consciousness and spiritual sensitivity because the physical life takes over our lives. But when we fast, we recalibrate our lives. We rework our lives. We retool. We re-engineer. We put our life back into the right order. The spiritual takes the ascendancy 
over the natural. So I just want to encourage you. It's time for you to recalibrate your life. You, you've done a lot for the physical world. You've lived nicely. You've eaten for a long time, uh, for, for much of the year. Now it's time to show where the order of things really ought to be. The spiritual first before the natural. And so when we fast, we are yielding to God's leading. Throughout the scriptures, we find people who fasted and, and uh, turned hopeless situations around. And, and in the 40 days of power, I will be teaching a lot on that for us to position ourselves well to see the impact and the effect of our fasting uh, on our circumstances. But let me just give you a couple of rules uh, that Jesus gave us concerning fasting. And you may know it already, but it's always good to remind ourselves why we do what we do. So you don't just follow the crowd doing something because everybody is doing it and have no real reason for it. So in Matthew chapter 6, this is Jesus still teaching in what is called the Sermon on the Mount. He has started from chapter 5 on the Beatitudes. He's in chapter 6. And he talks about uh, different things Christians should do. How we should pray. How we should give. And then he talks about how we should fast. In verse 16 uh, to verse 18. And uh, he gives us the rules for how we do all of this. And how we pray. How we give. And how we fast. So Matthew chapter 6 from verse 16 to 18. These are the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Moreover, when you fast, not if, but when, in other words, he expected that his disciples will fast. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So, uh, th these instructions that Jesus gave concerning uh, fasting are very similar to the instructions he gave concerning prayer. He also told us to go to the closet. And then uh, concerning giving, that the right hand should not see what the left hand is doing. Now, whatever that means has to be explained so you don't go and misinterpret the scripture. But I'm focusing on what he said concerning prayer. As I said the first time, Jesus expected us to fast. He says, when you fast, not if you fast. There is a time to eat. And there is a time not to eat. You have had your time to eat. And you are about to enter a time not to eat. When you fast. Jesus expects us at some points in our lives to put food away. He expects it from his disciples that we don't eat constantly. 365 one quarter days. Every day eating. Some people eat twice a day. Uh, some people eat three times and call it a square. 
uh, and call it three square meals, whatever that is. Uh, some people eat more than three times a day. Uh, if you eat more than three times a day, multiply that by 365 days. In between, you eat snacks and all kinds of things, and that's a lot of food for one human being. So there is a time to eat, and then there is a time not to eat. Jesus says, when you fast, there will be and there is a time not to eat. Second instruction Jesus gave about fasting is that fasting should not be pretentious. It should not be pretentious. He says, don't be sad. Don't disfigure your face to impress me. In other words, don't go through life looking very lean and drawn out and a very morose face and making your face look very gaunt and very taut and... uh, Telling people, I'm fasting, I'm fasting, I'm waiting on the Lord. Jesus says when you do that, you are pretending and your reward is people cheering you on. He says when you fast, make it an effort not to look like you are fasting. That's a very important thing. You are fasting, but don't go out of your way to try to make it look like you are fasting so that people will be impressed with your spiritual exercise or your spiritual stamina. And he said that you eat, you anoint your head, your face, and so on. In other words, don't look dry. Don't look emaciated. Don't look like somebody who is suffering for Jesus. Just let it look like your normal life. Let it look like something that is part of your routine. So don't be pretentious. Don't call attention to what you're doing. And don't just make people praise you. It doesn't mean people will not know you are fasting. Of course, uh, we are proclaiming the fast. So everybody would know you are fasting. But don't call attention to it. And don't try to impress people with it. And don't pretend. Don't be pretentious with your fasting. Although people know you are fasting, don't impress them with it. And don't be pretentious. That's the most important thing. Jesus also said that fasting should be done unto God. The attention should not be unto men, but unto God. It's not a stamina test. It's not to determine who has more stamina than the other person. It is unto the Lord. Be God conscious. Be be aware of his presence. Be aware that this is a sacrifice to him. This is a worship to him. This is something you are doing to honor the Lord. And Jesus says that when we do it right, God will reward us openly. So when you fast, although you don't pretend to show it to men, God sees it. And because God sees your service and your worship, because fasting is part of worship. It's part of our sacrifice to God. It's part of our, our, our life of faith with God. And he says that when God sees it, He will reward you openly. Isn't it amazing? He didn't even say that when God hears your prayer in fasting. He says when God sees what you are doing. He will reward you openly. In other words there there is something about we turning our hearts towards the Lord. And we telling our flesh to be quiet. And we putting aside food that by itself just by itself impresses God. God sees it. And he says he reward you openly. It doesn't mean don't pray. But God 
rewards the effort we are making. The effort we are making. And he says he will reward you openly. In other words, after you have concluded a fast, there will be an open reward. I don't know what form that open reward would be, but I am confident that from the 3rd of August onwards, there will be an open reward in your life. God will reward you openly. God will do something to mark you out as somebody he has favored, that somebody he has paid attention to, somebody he has seen, somebody who sacrificed Sacrifice has been received just like the sacrifice of Abel was received and God showed approval to him. God will show approval to you if you serve him faithfully in your fast. Now, I know that there are people who fast for health reasons because some people want to lose weight. You know, and, and sometimes people say, well, I'm waiting for 40 days of power to knock off these 10 pounds. Uh, or uh, how many kilograms that is? That is it. I think that's three kilograms. Uh, I, I just want to lose some five kilograms and I'm going to use the fasting to lose my weight. I appreciate your effort at weight loss. But if you really want to lose weight, do it another time. Fasting does not serve the purpose of making you lose weight. Yes, you will lose weight, but that's not the reward. That's not the benefit. There is a health benefit, but that's not why we fast. If you want a health benefit, go on a diet at another time. But if we are fasting, it is unto the Lord. And we have to get it right. Although we may gain a physical benefit from it, the real focus is This is a spiritual service. This is a spiritual sacrifice as unto God. Because if we don't get it right, then our whole motive will be wrong. And when our whole motive is wrong, it doesn't meet God's standard and you don't get any reward. So I appreciate your desire to be healthy. And I know you will be healthy because fasting by itself will make you healthy. But that is not the reason why we fast. If you want that, go on a diet. But we fast. This is a spiritual exercise. It may have a physical benefit, but it is primarily a spiritual exercise. So don't go through the the, the 40 days of power checking your weight. See now, have I lost any weight? Am I getting better? If you wanted to do that, do it earlier on. But this is a spiritual worship. This is very important to me because Jesus says God who sees in secret will reward you openly. For God to reward you openly, you must do something that meets his approval. It is unto the Lord. It is not unto weight lost. We fast to connect with God on a deeper level. We fast to connect with God on a deeper level. So I'll give you a few benefits, uh, about five of them, and then I would end up with giving you some practical instructions on what to do and what not to do. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 2 to 4, shows us that in a time of fasting, we hear better from God. We hear better from God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 
2 to 4. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And they were in Hazazon Tamar, which is Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. When we fast, we fast so that we can hear from God. We can receive help from God. We can have an assistance from God. And may God help you. And may God speak to you. And may God's voice be clear to you as it was to the people of Judah under the king Jehoshaphat. May the Lord speak to you in these times. And may the voice of the Lord come to your rescue. Second benefit. To intercede in prayer. To intercede in prayer. When we say we intercede in prayer, it means that we are joined together and praying for something to be turned around, which may not directly be to our benefit. In other words, uh, most intercession favors somebody else. We may not be in danger. Somebody's in danger. And in fasting, we can pray and God will turn the situation around to intercede in prayer and the example is Esther in Esther chapter 4 uh, from verse 15 to 16 most of you are familiar with the story of Esther who was in the king's palace she was a queen and her people were threatened she wasn't threatened but her people were threatened and she went into prayer and fasting for God to turn the situation around then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai Go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I'll go to the king which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Esther said, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm about to uh, go and make a request. It's a difficult request. It may cost me my life. But pray for me. Intercede for me. So here we see that when we, we fast we, and, and pray, we are able to intercede for other people. We are able to pray for other people uh, and God brings help to them. And so Esther requested fasting and prayer as intercessory prayer for her to go and make her request. And if you know the story, she was very successful in making the request. Thirdly, Fasting can be an act of repentance. An act of repentance. In Joel chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, it says, Now therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning, to rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. There are times that a nation or a church or a group proclaim a fast because they want to get back to God. They want to rekindle their love for God. They want to return to God. And they want to affirm God again. And fasting is one public way of affirming God or returning to the Lord or making the Lord known in our lives. And so many times... 
in the Old Testament, you find that when people want to show that they have gotten back to God, they will fast. Now, get this straight, that fasting doesn't earn you forgiveness. In the New Testament, we receive forgiveness through the work of Jesus Christ, through his shed blood. And when you ask him to forgive you, he will forgive you. But when we fast, we are saying publicly, our heart is now towards God. God is priority for us. God is number one for us. It's a way of return. And the word repent does not necessarily mean to be sorry for your sins. It includes it. But repent means to turn around, to return, to make an about turn. And when we fast, we are making an about turn. And for many of us this year, uh, we have tried our lives, we have lived our lives, but we are telling God, we are making a return to you. You are priority in our lives. Number four, it's for spiritual empowerment. Luke chapter four, verse one and two. This is Jesus after his fasting. Chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 talks about the fasting. But verse 4 says, Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So when we fast, God empowered us and may the power of the Lord rest upon you during these 40 days of power and fasting can be a, a worship before God a worship before God Luke chapter 2 verse 3 37 now there was one Anna a prophetess the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher she was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple but served God with fastings and prayers day and night. She served God with fasting and prayer. So fasting can be a way of worship to God. It's a service to God. It's just like when we lift up hands in service and we praise God and we sing and we adore him. We are worshiping God. When we give an offering, we are worshiping God. And when we fast also, we are worshiping God. She served God or she worshiped God with fasting. So when we say 40 days of power, we are praying and we are fasting. We are worshiping God. We are declaring he's number one in our lives. We are returning our hearts to the Lord. We are receiving spiritual empowerment. Our spirits have been open to hear from God. And we are interceding for a turnaround in the circumstances of our lives. So, methods of fasting. There are different ways of fasting. And In these 40 days of power, just to get everybody right and on the same page, we are not fasting continuously for 40 days. We are doing daily fasting for 40 days. That means that each day when you start the fast, you're going to break it 
and then you start it the next day and break it at the end of the day and start it the next day and break it at the end of the day. In other words, you are not doing one long 40-day fast. It's possible, but that's not what we are doing. Now, for a lot of people, uh, fasting can be very harsh on them because they are not used to it. And some people have health reasons why they may not have to fast. So my first statement is seek your doctor's advice if you have any health challenge. If you are managing diabetes, please talk to your doctor. If you're managing a stomach issue that requires that a certain special meal, seek your doctor's advice. It's critical that you do that. It's critical that you do that. So please seek your doctor's advice. If you have any medical concerns to ask, I'm going to start uh, a prolonged fast with my church. Is it advisable to do it? And listen to what they tell you to do. Now, if you don't have any health challenge and you're starting a fast, start slowly. If you haven't done it, some of us do it every year, so we don't have too much problem. But if you haven't done it, this is the first time, start slowly. And when I say start slowly, you may start by losing one meal. So you may decide, uh, you get up in the morning, you will not eat breakfast. That means that by 12 o'clock, you will eat a meal. So that starts slowly. Then you do that probably for a week. And then the next week, you decide, okay, I could do it. Uh, the first time uh, by missing breakfast. Next time you miss two meals um, and, and so on and so forth. So you manage it well. Drink liquid. If you listen to the account of Jesus, after his fast he was hungry. He was not thirsty because Jesus' fast required drinking water. So drink Water, as much water as possible. If you can drink them in gallons, hydrate yourself. If you want to take something a little bit more, maybe a green tea, don't sweeten it, just a green tea, you could do that. Uh, if you're not too sure of yourself, you want to take something else like a small fruit juice, you could do that. But hydrate, hydrate appropriately with water. But different people have health needs and we're not going to be uh, too hard on, on you. When you resume your fast, that is at the time you are breaking, most of the people will break in the evening, they start uh, and break in the evening uh, after six o'clock. Don't accumulate all the food you put aside and uh, do justice to them. That, that, that is not fasting, that is deferred eating. And, and so, what you didn't eat, you didn't eat. Don't, don't put it aside to eat it later. So, when you're breaking your fast, please don't accumulate breakfast, lunch, dinner, and, 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 and mash it all together. Uh, please break it very easy. Take something very, very soft. Because if you eat very heavy after every fast, the next day becomes hard again. But if you start eating very light meals, maybe some vegetables, some soup, and not, I don't mean soup like Ghanaian stock soup, I'm, I mean broth, and not soup like a lot of stuff in it, uh, but 
a broth or some some light something if you start doing that way you find the next day it's easier to fast because your body is now learning a new habit of managing its intake of food so when you're breaking please don't do hard kinky no sir now sometimes people ask um so what about if I'm, I'm fasting and, and then, you know, I forget myself and then I put some food in my mouth. I will say that eat it, swallow it, and continue fasting. You haven't spoiled the fast. You forgot and you put this food in your mouth. Maybe, you know, you're, you're just there. You, you saw some granites and they smell nice to you because when you're fasting, every food smells nice. So you took the granites, put them in your mouth and say, oh, I'm fasting. Just eat what is in your mouth. Don't add more to it. Eat what is in your mouth. Finish it. Swallow it. And continue. Don't say, oh, I've, I've spoiled it. So now you go and hammer a lot of food on top. So please, sometimes we forget ourselves. And, and it happens to all of us. You put something in your mouth. You say, oh, I shouldn't have. Just move on. God is not going to mark you down as you didn't fast. He's looking at your heart. And the intent of your heart, more than your stomach really, is the intent of your heart. So, don't be too legalistic about it. Um, some people ask, can I chew gum? Well, if you want to. Uh, can I, if I brush my teeth with uh, toothpaste, have I broken my fast? Well, one thing I'm going to tell you, if you're fasting, you have to brush your teeth. You have to brush your teeth because... You know, all kinds of things can happen. So brush your teeth, keep your mouth fresh, and keep your body fresh. Have your bath. Jesus says, oil yourself. Uh, Because over time, especially when we are doing 40 days, by the time you hit 20, 30 days, you find that your body is beginning to dry up a little bit. So you need to lubricate well so that you look fresh to people. And that's what Jesus Christ said. And when you fast, expect results. Now, during the 40 days of prayer, of, of, of power, there will be corporate prayer. That is prayer topics we are all praying all over the world. We're praying the same prayers, mostly at the same hours of prayer. Because every hour there is a prayer. And we're praying all of that together. But you also have personal prayers that you have to pray for yourself. And then there are prayers we pray as a family uh, as group and so and so forth let's do this as unto the Lord because I believe in the next 40 days we're going to shift the story of our planet earth we're going to shift the story of our continent Africa we're going to shift the story of our nation Ghana we're going to shift the story for Christians all over the world. We're going to shift the story for individuals. We are trusting God that in these 40 days, heaven will open over us. So get ready for a spiritual adventure that will transform you for the rest of the year. 
You're going to walk in power. You're going to walk in God's grace. You're going to walk in God's victory. And I pray that God gives you the strength. So Father, I pray for everyone embarking on this 40 days of power of prayer and fasting. Ignite a revival in our hearts. Stir up our hearts. Stir up our spirits, Lord. And Father, cause the heavens to be open over us and let your power be released over everyone who is willing, whose heart is willing, that in these 40 days, we will see your glory and your power like never before. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us in the service and better still, getting ready for 40 days of power. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.